That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. And welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. You might know us as the co-founders of Of A Kind, the co-authors of Work Wife, or just two women who feel so strongly about their relationship that they own the domain, ClaireAndErica.com. Related, head there and sign up for our newsletter, find episode notes, take our survey, et cetera, et cetera. And leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463. We've been getting really good voicemails. We have. We um, got such a good one last night. I'm should we play it at the end of yeah, this episode? Yeah, we should definitely play it at the end okay. of this episode. Yeah. It's got some pro tips in it about Instagram. Yeah, it's tremendous. Great about it. Yep. So something we wanted to talk about today is um, like the only thing we can get excited about in the kitchen right now, which is a condiment. Oh yeah. Love a condiment. Always Love a condiment. excited about a condiment, especially excited about a condiment right now when- Now more I, than ever. Now more than ever, all I can do is saute some vegetables and throw a condiment on them. What is a condiment you're throwing on a vegetable? I'm really into this uh, Chinese black vinegar. It's called Chen King vinegar. It's really, um, well, it's acidic because it's vinegar, but it has like a certain sweetness to it. And my best way of describing it is that, you know, the dipping sauce that they make when you get soup dumplings and it's basically just soy sauce, this black vinegar and ginger, ginger, like ginger uh, mints. Like shredded, yeah. Shredded, yeah. And I have, I could not tell you how I figured this out, but I love that dipping sauce so much. And the first thing I do whenever we get soup dumplings is ask for about four of those little dishes of that sauce. And so at some point I figured out that this was the type of vinegar that they used and I got it and I put it in every single Asian adjacent dish that I make. Well, it's also like, that is really part of your ordering protocol. Like the same as when we, <laughs> when we eat sushi, you're like, as you order, you're like, and four extra trays of ginger. Like that's just yep. like part of it. And if you forget that step, then 30 minutes later, you're going to be really irritated because exactly. you'll have eaten all the ginger or used all of your dipping sauce and yep. God help the wait staff when you're like, excuse, excuse, excuse. <laughs> Chris makes a really big obnoxious show of it when we go out for wings of being like, and she's going to need eight things of buff- of blue cheese. And I'm like, not actually eight. I'll be fine with four. And he's like, she's wrong. She's lying. You can bring four, but then she's just going to ask you to bring four more later. And it's really an embarrassing dad stick at this point. <laughs> anyway, I'm thrilled to now be in possession of two giant bottles of this Chiang King vinegar because the only place I could find it was on Amazon in a case pack of two. And... I'm making my way through it. It's delicious. 
It is delicious. I've been using it too. Um, the thing that I think is that item for me is mm -hmm. seasoned rice vinegar, which I feel incredibly strongly about. And tell I me, and I tell me more about it. Okay, because um, it's it's sweet. Oh yeah, girl, that's what I'm there for. Well, so it's interesting because another thing that you put on this list is mirin, and I'm never quite sure. Like when you use seasoned rice vinegar, do you leave out the mirin? Oh yeah. I don't really use them together. Um, okay. they, I think for me, they're both adding a sweetness that I don't need yeah. like both of, but yeah. Okay. So seasoned rice vinegar is my go-to acid for salad dressing. Okay. Like it's seasoned rice vinegar, olive oil, and Dijon mustard and salt and pepper. Okay. Um, cause if you use seasoned rice vinegar, then you don't need to add like anything else to cut the, yeah. yeah, you don't need to add maple syrup or honey or sugar or anything like that, which is great. So I'm saving myself a step. Yep. <laughs> in my mind. I don't know. I just love seasoned rice vinegar so much. When I was high school, I think I would put it on microwave popcorn. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. No, that's like how I remember, deep this love is. I remember in college you making broccoli with rice vinegar on it. I don't, I assume it was seasoned, but I don't remember. It pretty much always is seasoned. Yeah. And I have felt a little bit a little bit of shame around the seasoned rice vinegar part of it because it is a sweet, it, it, there's sugar in it. Yeah. Um, but I have been made to feel better about this because the Semino Strat also swears by seasoned rice vinegar. And, mm. you know, who, what better authority? Yeah. No, truly. What an better authority. authority. Mirin, though, I use basically like when I need to cut the like tang and add like a little bit something else. So, one of the things I've been doing a lot recently um, and do a lot in general, but now, especially when greens are, have this, like when they're on their last leg and they have this window where they have to be used yep. up and they're sitting in my fridge, I saute some onions, throw in the greens, and then top it with um, tamari or soy sauce and a little mm -hmm. bit of mirin. And yep. it's delicious. It's wonderful, yep. like on its own as a side or over rice or something. Yum. Yeah, Yum. I do. I have a habit of getting rid of all that stuff by either making a stir fry or fried rice and doing a highly improvised combination of like soy sauce, Chan King vinegar. Um, sometimes I'll throw fish sauce in just yeah. like every Asian liquid basically that's in my pantry. At your disposal. All, yeah. Gets put in there. Mirin comes in. Sometimes there's brown sugar involved. Um, what else? Yeah. Rice vinegar, all that stuff just goes in a bowl until it tastes really good. And then I throw it all over whatever I've sauteed. I mean, I mean, fried rice is another excellent go-to right now. Yes. Um, excellent go-to. Yeah, for sure. Um, you're also really, tell me about this fly by Jing Szechuan chili crisp that you've been both <sighs> celebrating and lamenting because it's been out of stock. Well, I've given myself another, uh, pandemic anxiety which is the fact that I'm going to run out of this product before replenishments are available to me. God, I'm sorry. Thank you. You know, it's like a classic chili crisp and that it's like, you know, like fried shallots and garlic mm -hmm. and all of that in a chili oil. It is Szechuan uh, chili. So it has that like tongue tingling. Mm -hmm. Numb tongue. Yes. Um, numb tongue. The first time Thomas and I used it, it was a recipe that called for a substantial amount of this stuff. And then as soon as I used it, I was like, I can't make this recipe again. Like, I just can't because this, I will only have like three servings of this then. And so I must <laughs> like ration this product yep. because when I went to go order it again, Claire, it's back ordered anywhere until June. Wow. But don't worry. I placed an order for a four pack yesterday, okay, good. which felt like a very you move. Oh yeah. Um, and one of them has your name on it. So oh wow. Thank you're you. Welcome. So yeah, how else do you use 
on this recipe mm. or else are you using it? The other day for lunch, I had rice with sardines on top, some sweet soy sauce, which is another mm-hmm. product, like a cucumin product that I'm into. Yeah. And this chili crisp on top of that. Interesting. Okay. Excellent. Excellent okay. lunch. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But like, honestly, on anything, like throw it on roasted fish. Like yep. it, it's, it's just excellent. That sounds good. Well, I'm looking forward to trying the the one, the one with my name on it. In a month. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. It's something I, to look I trust I'll to. still need something to look forward to a month yeah. from now. You will. Thank you so much to Sunbasket for sponsoring today's episode. So Claire, I was so excited when I got my Sunbasket in the mail the other day because I really needed to go grocery shopping and clearly didn't want to because obviously that's such a process right now, but this thing showing up, such a win. Yes, totally. What did you get? The thing I was most excited about was the roasted togoyashi salmon with miso glazed eggplant. Yum, that sounds so good. Like, you know how... It was so good. And you know what was so good? The sauces, which is incredibly important to us. Truly. There was a seasoning blend for the salmon. And then there was a sauce for a slaw and then a glaze for the eggplant. Yum. So three different, yeah, three different sauce seasoning situations. And you know how with a lot of these uh, like meal kits, they'll be like, oh, it takes 20 minutes. And then an hour and a half later, you're (laughs) still. Yeah. (laughs) This was not that, which was also tremendous. That's great. Sunbasket is really impressive. You can be really specific about what you're ordering. And in addition to the meal kits like you got, they also have prepared foods if you just don't feel like cooking at all. And then they have various ingredients that you can buy grocery style, like fresh vegetables, seafood, meats. They have fresh pasta, which is a favorite of mine. The ingredients are healthy and organic and you can tailor them to your lifestyle, whether you're paleo, lean and clean, gluten-free, vegetarian, or Mediterranean, which is what I like to tell myself I am when I get liberal with the olive oil. And if you don't feel like choosing your own meals, you can pick a plan and they'll do the choosing for you. They also give back to their communities through Feeding America, local food banks, and employee programs. Obviously, everything about getting groceries feels complicated right now, but Sunbasket means you don't have to make a trip to the grocery store and their facilities have the highest levels of food and employee safety. Right now, Sunbasket is offering $35 off your order when you go right now to sunbasket.com slash a thing or two and enter promo code a thing or two at checkout. That's sunbasket.com slash a thing or two and enter promo code a thing or two at checkout for $35 off your order. Sunbasket.com slash a thing or two and enter promo code a thing or two. You know those things you are too embarrassed to talk about when it comes to dating? Like when to say I love you, how to define the relationship. Well, We Met at Acme touches upon all of those subjects and more, and we get right into it with our guests and talk about their dating lives and also what not to do when it comes to dating because we're all kind of confused together. So you can tune in every Sunday to We Met at Acme, and maybe you can learn a thing or two while I learn a thing or two. I wanted to pick up on our conversation about Marmite that we had a couple, like a month or who knows what is time. We had a conversation a while back about Marmite. You did. You reignited my excitement about it. I had had, I had gone through a big Marmite phase and then put it away and hadn't been having it in a really long time. But I started using it again regularly after our conversation in part because I was making myself these luxurious home breakfasts since I've got all the time and time at home in the world. And what I realized, well, there are two things. One, every 
mm, five uses, the top gets so stuck that I have to ask Chris for help to open it because it's so sticky. It's and like it, a honey jar. Yeah. Yeah. Two, it's impossible to use it without getting a string of Marmite like all over your kitchen counter, basically. Yes. <laughs> Three, and this is this is the one that people might actually care about. What I realized is that it's the perfect path to a vegetarian bacon, egg, and cheese. Oh. It's like a perfect sub for bacon. I like it better than bacon, really, on an egg and cheese sandwich. It's so good. So I've been making egg and cheese sandwiches with lots of lettuce and Marmite. And it's wow, I'm gonna have that this weekend. What kind of cheese are you using? Um, like a sharp cheddar. Yeah. Mm. Like a sweet, mm. sharp, mature cheddar. It's so because good. Also, like a cheddar and mar- cheddar and marmite feels like an incredibly yes. British combination totally. in general. I'm sure all the Brits are listening to this being like, duh, we that's what we do with marmite. <laughs> but it's so I'm like, I never need bacon again. This stuff's so good on a on an egg sandwich. I wonder if I should try cooking with Marmite at all. Um, I've been tempted at times, but yeah, in a to way like where add it in in that place where you want that um, that like umaminess. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Okay. the times where I've been tempted, I've stopped myself because I've recognized that I was about to cross a line where I was going to like ruin Marmite for myself. It's <laughs> like I'm not going to do this. But I think you, ma'am, have slightly more um, restraint than I do, and I would trust you. I'll let you go first. Something else I'm worried about you ruining for yourself, hoisin. Yeah. Tell me oh, how, yeah. tell me about your hoisin <laughs> relationship right now. Well, last night what I realized was that hoisin is is like my ketchup, basically. It's like my adult ketchup and, and I'm using it in the same way. I'm like, oh, this just is missing a little something or just this is mediocre. It's not all that good. Let's just put some hoisin on it. I mean, I should be using hoisin more. I really I'm, should. I made like kitchen sink fried rice last night where I was like, I have all this random stuff that I just need to use before it goes bad. And I did my little improvised, you know, soy sauce. sauce. Yeah, saucy Mm -hmm. sauce. And it just wasn't quite right. Why? Because I didn't measure anything. I just like threw it all in a bowl. (laughs) So it just wasn't tasting quite right. It needed something. And I was like, let me just swipe some hoisin on here. And it was so much better. And then the other thing I will do if I make some sort of a stir fry fried rice situation that is a day old and isn't tasting good, I'll make a lettuce cup with hoisin sauce as the condiment Ugh. on it, basically. And that's delicious. I but you're right. I'm gonna ruin it for myself. But it it truly Just is be careful, is all. <laughs> it's truly my catch-up right now. It's so good. God, it really does sound so good. I have I told you that when I was a small child, like four or five, my like absolute favorite food was mushu pork. <laughs> no. Like I just loved mushu pork. I don't even pork know what mushu so pork is. That's the one with the noodles. No, it's like the wrapper. And then there's like oh, the pork and veggie yeah. filling. And then you put yeah, the hoisin on good. it and you roll it up. It's like a burrito. Oh, yeah, that's you know, delicious. Yes. Um, that was my absolute favorite food. And whenever my parents would be like, What do you want for dinner? I would always say mushu pork <laughs> as if that was like a super accessible uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Then a couple years ago, a friend of a friend, I learned how to dog name Mushu Pork. Oh, wow. Which That's is an incredible dog. name for a dog. <laughs> yeah. I like the specificity. Mushu yeah. Pork. Mushu Pork. <laughs> Clearly not Mushu Beef. <laughs> Something else that, uh, speaking of, of things that I am treating like childhood condiments, um, my grown-up version of peanut butter that I've been eating so much of is this seedable sesame butter. And i Instagrammed about it and a lot of people were confused because they were like, are there peanuts in it? I don't get it. 
it there aren't. It's just sesame seeds. Um, in the crunchy version, there are also sunflower seeds that provide the crunch, and I really like the crunchy version. Then a lot of I also got a lot of questions of like, how is this different from tahini? And yes. the answer is I don't know. Um, except yeah. that I think that there there's date powder and palm fruit in it, so it's sweetened. There are it. more ingredients than yeah. in tahini. It's also a bit thicker than yeah. tahini. It's like it more it's of more, like an almond butter consistency. Yeah, it's definitely a butter. So the ingredients are sesame seeds, date powder, palm fruit, stearin, salt, and then sunflower um, and some rosemary extract for freshness. But you just have to try it. It doesn't taste like tahini. It tastes like a butter. It's so good. I put it, it on is, apples it all the time. so, so good. Um, it is so, so good. The other thing that I've been turning to that I wonder if you have is curry paste, just like prepared curry pastes. I buy the red curry and the green curry from Thai Kitchen, um, which is very readily available at the grocery store. Yeah. And Epicurious claims that it's the best brand available at you know most grocery stores, which has made me feel better about mm-hmm. buying the what seems like the most Americanized <laughs> yeah. version of this product. Yeah, but I have been using it. You know, there are a lot of recipes that are just like curries that I'll make with coconut milk, but then also I make little veggie dips with it, um, just like Greek yogurt curry paste, and of course, some seasoned rice vinegar. Um, you could also do lemon or lime or That's something. a good idea. Yeah. What veggies yeah. are you dipping in it? Carrots, cucumbers. Mm. I don't know. Anything that feels ripe for dipping. That's um, nice. It's nice to have something like that in the fridge to make those things feel a little more exciting. I do have a curry paste and I do believe it is Thai kitchen. I'm not like a huge curry person or I haven't been lately, so I don't make them a lot. But um, I do really like a curry with mango chutney. Like that's a big, um, a comfort combo for me for sure. Another thing I bought when I bought that Szechuan chili crisp from Fly by Jing is this Iasa hot pepper and olive oil. I feel like I've been just using a lot of red pepper flakes and they have varying like... They go stale really quickly. They don't always have a great flavor. Yeah. They're not like necessarily adding a lot. Yeah. Um, And I've been wanting something more reliably spicy and this Italian preserved pepper is made by a family-run company in Salerno, which is one of the sunniest towns in Italy, which makes a good pepper, presumably. I looked at the label and it looks exactly like this other line of Italian like hot condiments that I buy <laughs> called Tutto Calabria. The one that's really good I actually got because you bought me a some sort of a subscription package from Zingerman's. I think it was like smoked fish or tinned fish or canned fish. Tinned fish. fish. It was definitely tinned. Yeah. So <laughs> they well they they went outside. They colored outside the lines and sent me a jar, and it was a jar of little fish with hot peppers. And it's basically like hot pepper and olive oil, but there's also these tiny little salty fish in it, and it's so good. That sounds amazing. It's really good in a pasta sauce. Yeah. Another thing with a little bit of heat that I've been into is a hot honey. Love a hot honey. Like, yeah, Mike's or Red Clay both make great mm-hmm. ones. And when I'm not in the mood for a luxurious breakfast, which I'm almost always in the mood yep. for, I will do a lot of times a bowl of yogurt with like chia seeds or something on top and mm-hmm. some crushed pistachios and then some hot honey. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And salt and salt. Yeah. I really only bring hot honey into the mix when there's cheese nearby. So pizza yeah, you like pizza. or a cheese plate. Pizza with hot honey, cheese plate with hot honey. Those are my go-tos. I should be breaking it out for, for a cheese plate more. So Why good am I on not doing plate. that? What do you think yeah. wrong with me? Don't know, but you're, you're going to fix your waist. You're going to see the error <laughs> of your waist for sure. The other thing I wanted to talk about was Holy Schmidt's horseradish. That's so good. 
oh, it is just the very best. And what I like about it is that it is more vinegary than mm-hmm. bite. Yep. Which means you can use a lot of it. They make a horseradish mustard. Oh, do they? They make a horseradish mustard that is so good and just makes all other mustards feel really one-dimensional. That sounds delicious. We make a salad dressing out of the Holy Schmidt's horseradish with creme fraiche and the horseradish and a little bit of uh, vinegar if needed. Um, That sounds excellent. Excellent. What do you use Uh, it on? What? Tell me about the salad that it goes on. Usually like a romaine or something like a butter lettuce. I know Mm -hmm. I I can get your attention by saying butter lettuce for sure. It's the only lettuce for me. Yeah, it's it's for you. (laughs) It's nice when I'm in the mood for something a little bit creamier and we don't feel like going to the trouble of making a Caesar dressing. Um, Hear you. Yeah, yeah. Can we introduce a new recurring segment on this podcast? Well, I want to say one more thing okay. first. Yes. Okay. Tell um, me. Because there's one more really important condiment that I yes. can't believe you almost allowed us to gloss over. I'm which so is sorry. A Luxardo cherry. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the other condiment I've been having to ration during this period of time. And whenever <laughs> yep. the, the Luxardos come out, definitely have to be like, where are we with this? Like right. how, how far along? And you messaged me the other day that a place that you and I have been ordering a restaurant nearby that we've been ordering provisions from is selling Luxardo cherries, which yeah. was like a big, like red alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can get these, you can replenish. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've also been very tempted. There is available on the internet, th- these $80 tins of Luxardos. Um, I think you'd are, make your way through it. I do too. It's huge. Like I the mean, vo- the sh- volume here is enormous. Here's the thing. Luxardo cherries are obscenely priced. So I think any sort of like economy of scale that you can get, you should take advantage of. Also, the tin is really cute. I'm um, sure. It's like this yellow and red, like coffee tin kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And you know that I would use it as a planter or something at yeah. some point. Yeah. Because it's just really charming and very on brand for me. Yeah. Well, you um, love Luxardo cherry. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're definitely meant for bars to order, but <laughs> it's not going to stop me. Okay. So now we can move on. Now I'm okay. comfortable moving on. We are going to introduce a recurring segment to this show. We just feel that the show is lacking recurring segments. And, you know, we're, as you know, we are very inspired by shows like Ebro in the Morning, which are basically 100% recurring segments. It um, makes programming more straightforward and easy. That's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Those people wouldn't know what to do with themselves without a recurring segment. No, ma'am. Um, so we can't pretend that this is going to be, you know, as um, thrilling as Ride or Die or as gossip-laden as Flashing Lights Report. However, we are going to interrupt our regularly scheduled program to bring you a breaking news alert around a topic that is near and dear to our hearts and maybe a few other people's hearts. And that, you know, just requires updating you on every once in a while. Exactly. Think HDBV shortages. Yeah, HDBV shortages, et cetera. What's happening with Quay Quay? You know, the huge. (sighs) The huge. So uh, devoted listeners, a thing or two completists, will recall a very uh, lively discussion around grapefruit and how to eat grapefruit. There's been some news this Tell week, me. this week, courtesy of Dee's Link's newsletter, uh, a wonderful newsletter, we were linked to a wonderful YouTube video on one way to eat a grapefruit that I tried actually this week. You basically, you cut the peel into thirds, essentially. What do you mean? 
so you, you, yeah, that, that was unclear. There's a reason this was a YouTube video and not a podcast. <laughs> I um, still want to hear it. You basically Keep going, you cut around the peel, like the circumference basically of the grapefruit. Like and a the, third of the way up. Yeah. And a third of the way down. Okay. So it has so, like so a the, midriff. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then you okay. peel off each of those pieces very easily. And then what she basically does then is I'm I'm not going to try to explain it. You're gonna, we'll link you to the YouTube video, but she very <laughs> carefully then peels off the pith and then takes the grapefruit out in sections so that there is no pith and it's all pulp basically. And that's as we all know the best way to eat grapefruit and it's a lot more elegant than spearing it with a serrated spoon and only getting part of what you want. And it was presented in conjunction with this essay by Connie Wang on Refinery29 that we both really liked about, it's called Love in the Shape of Cut Fruit. And it's basically about how in Asian families serving really beautifully cut and prepared fruit for dessert is this really lovely tradition and the sort of comfort and meaning that she finds in it. And it was just a really lovely, lovely piece. There's a quote in it that is, life is filled with bitter and hard things. When you extract pits, pits, and peels, fruit becomes an accessible and reliable source of pure sweetness, only softness. Really love that. Softness is a nice word. Softness is a nice word. Um, okay, something else we wanted to get into today was how to maintain friendships right now when we can't see our friends and we do not want to video chat with them anymore or do recipe chain mails. Yeah, and I like... <laughs> It's an, I don't even necessarily mind video chatting. It's just sometimes nice to no. have some structure around it other than just like I, what I mind more is just being like, okay, at 5 p.m. I'm going to Zoom with Erica and then at 7 p.m. I'm going to Zoom with Kelsey. And then like it just starts to feel like scheduling meetings for work. Yeah. No, it's not that we don't like video chatting so much as there have to be other things to do that don't yeah. involve it. And yes, it can't, you can like fill your whole dance card with Zoom dates, yeah. um, which <laughs> is really unappealing. So a really good idea that you had, like as soon as this lockdown went into effect was that we should get together with our uh, one of our groups of girlfriends and just watch a movie together and text during it. And it was freaking delightful. Like delightful. I loved not video chatting with these people while it was happening, not having like the accountability of that. I loved being able to like dip out to go get, refill my drink the same way I would if we were all together. Um, it was so much fun. We started with, um, what's the name of the movie? That Under was, the Tuscan Sun. Uh, yep. So we were doing just sort of like campy, not even campy, but just like rom-com, you know. It's, here's what we've movies. been doing as a theme, Claire. 90s movies with good fashion and often like middle-aged female protagonists. Yes. Yes. Because we also watched The Thomas Crown Affair. Yes, exactly. We also watched Go, which doesn't totally fit into no, that. No, but good but, fashion in its but way. good fashion, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Definitely um, not middle-aged. <laughs> it, it's a We make exceptions for Timothy Oliphant, is what you're saying. Yes. The other nice thing about this that I liked is that Chris can join in without it feeling obtrusive. This is what I was going to say. Thomas really likes this activity because it's not like he has to participate, participate, right. but then at certain points he'll be like, what's Scandal Club saying right now? <laughs> like, what's the, like, what are they in? What is, what are the commentary? Well, the, it's also just nice because I don't know if you are quarantining with other people, you get into this rhythm, right? Of like, what are we doing tonight? And granted, there are definitely nights where the answer is we are sitting in separate rooms and like not talking to each other. But 
I do feel kind of bad being like, I'm sorry, I can't hang out with you tonight, even though I know you have very few options with what else you might do with your night. Same. Um, so I like that Chris can, if he wants, can participate in this social activity. And then it's also not like inviting your boyfriend to the girl, all girls night. A hundred percent. Another thing that we did that our friend Ruthie very impressively and enthusiastically spearheaded was a Zoom game of mafia. Mm -hmm. Um, so this did, did entail Zoom but it had so much more structure. It also involved a lot more work on her part. Um, I told Ruthie that when she dies, I'm going to be talking about this game of mafia at her funeral because it was the most like incredible display of love and um, just thoughtfulness from her. She really put so much work into organizing it. Every time someone died in this game, they got a magazine cover devoted to them, which Ruthie mocked up in a software with free software called Canva with cover lines tailored to that person's personality and history and inside jokes. It was a beautiful thing. And it was Such really a beautiful thing. We all really missed it when it was over. Like at first I was like, wait, Ruthie, we are going to have to every single night at 9 p.m. all get on Zoom together. Like that's such a big commitment. That's exactly what you asked. And then she was like, <laughs> you don't have to participate. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the right answer yeah. of, yeah, yeah, if you want to play, that's how we play. If you don't like, want to play, don't play. <laughs> it just felt like so much like, wow, we're going to do this every night. But then it was really lovely. And also nobody had a free Zoom account. So it ran out at 40 minutes. So it was the perfect time. Or and nobody had no one restarted it ever. It was yeah. just wherever we were at 40 minutes, yeah. it was done. Yeah. I also really liked that because we were seeing the same group of people every night for three or four nights, there wasn't that sense that we needed to catch up, catch right. up at the top of every conversation. The other thing that's sort of similar to this that I saw on Becca Freeman's Instagram, um, one of the co-hosts of Bad on Paper, she's been doing PowerPoint parties with her friends. Also what does requires, this entail? Also requires a fair amount of prepping. Basically, everybody gives, I don't know, like a five-minute PowerPoint presentation and it can be on anything. Like yours might be on why Luxardo cherries are the best condiment. Mine might be on why I think... Everything you can, you can put hoisin in. Yeah, exactly. Or just like truly any topic and the more sort of ridiculous and niche, the better. And you put together a PowerPoint and then give your presentation on this. It definitely speaks to... I think our personalities and our willingness to go really deep on small things. Um, and it's just sort of fun. Something else we both have been doing that is much lighter lift mm -hmm. is sending postcards. Yes. So at the, at the very beginning of this, when I was first starting to just miss seeing people and, and just like miss like any feeling of physical connection, after I got off the phone with somebody, I would tend to write a postcard or pull a stack of postcards to write to a handful of people and maybe like reflect on something we talked about or just, you know, send like a joke or a note or something. And I like postcards in general because there's so little space to fill. Yeah, it just feels like such an easy thing. And the joy of getting a piece of mail right now that's not a catalog that feels very tone deaf mm -hmm. or um, a bill is pleasant, mm -hmm. very pleasant. Agreed. I swiped an exercise from a, a newsletter that from, that our management coach has been putting out where he shared that somebody he knew was basically going through the alphabet and every day picking a new person to send a postcard to. 
And that it was a way of sort of creating a habit because by the end of the alphabet, you will have done this for 26 days and it takes 21 days to form a habit. I was like, okay, I like like that. I'll give that a shot. And I'm really bad at thank you notes. And I don't know why. It's like there's something... I'm really inconsistent with sending them. And it's something that like I'll keep on my to-do list for six months, at which point I'm like, I can't send a thank you note six months later. But I was like, I kind of like this as a way of getting myself more in the habit of, of sending mail. So I've been just keeping, I have a note um, in my notes app of who, of the alphabet and I, I'm not through it yet, but I sort of know five or six days ahead who I'm going to be sending to. And it also helps me if I miss a day, I can sort of like go back and be like, okay, here's who I need to send it to. And it definitely forces you to send mail to people you would never normally send mail to um, and have to reach out to them and be like, what's your address? But I think that's feels like part of the that's point cute. of it for sure. Yeah. I also have this huge collection of stamps because my grandfather was a stamp collector. And so I'm making my way through them. And that's sort of fun to be like, okay, I have this eight cent stamp and this 18 cent stamp. And I got to combine them all to be 35 cents. I just bought a bunch of vintage stamps on Etsy yeah. and like, and have had the same joy and also um, find it incredibly satisfying, like way too satisfying when it adds up to the exact right amount. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. See what I've been like doing- Like Price is Right style, you know? <laughs> I'm less- less concerned about that. I don't mind spending a couple extra cents spending (laughs) in air quotes. I really like tailoring them to the people's personalities. Oh yeah. So like I have Olympic stamps. I have NASA stamps. I have presidents of the United States stamps. Like all these things that feel like, okay, like I know my friend Lindsay is like a super Olympic fanatic and that she is going to be super psyched about these 1984 Los Angeles Olympic stamps. Um, The thing that I'm concerned about is that I've already had to skip Q. And I haven't gotten to X yet. And I feel like I'm cheating and I, I'm going to have to figure out like a method for dealing with these letters. The other thing that's come in handy here is an app that you introduced me to called TouchNote um, that allows you to send postcards of pictures from your phone. So a lot of um, people have been getting postcards of Cameron. That's lovely. It's yeah. just, they're really, it's a really lovely little habit. Um, very yeah. into it. Another thing that I've been doing with some friends who just like aren't, people who I'm going to make a Zoom date with is Marco Polo, which is an app that I I wonder if it's like taken off with the tween set. It feels very tweeny, but it's basically a messaging app, but it's video messaging and it works really well with groups because basically you leave a message. It's like leaving a voicemail for somebody, but it's a video and it keeps all of the videos. So it's, you've got this um, you can go back and watch your conversations the same way you'd go back and look at a group text or any text thread and see the conversation that takes place. And in that way, it also has this sort of like exquisite corpse element to it where everybody's Mm. just like picking up the chain and taking it in their own direction. And I think it has the same appeal as leaving a voice memo for someone where you're like, I've got like more to say than I want to put in a text, but I don't feel like getting on a call about this. Um, And it feels very right for right now. Yeah, no, I'm into that. I should download it. I haven't done that yet. Now that the weather has gotten warmer, um, Thomas and I have taken to doing more stoop drop-offs, places we can bike in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, And that has been nice to just even see people from a distance and to interact in some way. And I have been a little bit, not surprised at all, but just like sort of like warmed and taken by the fact that people actually want to sit out, like stand outside on their stoop for 45 minutes and chat yeah. because we're also <laughs> starved for interaction yeah. and conversation that every, it, like, I don't know. I kind of thought when we started doing this, I was like, okay, we'll go drop off this 
a birthday dessert we made for my brother Ed and we'll yeah. leave and this will be a quick like sort of errand, but it's definitely not. No, um, you always end up standing nice. on a stoop for so long. And when I have been doing these or like, yeah, when people have dropped them off for me, I'm always like, okay, I'm, I don't want to make them uncomfortable. I'm just going to run away. But then you do end up standing uh, six feet away from their front door talking for a really long time. That's right. That's right. You brought me Levan cookies, including gluten-free cookies that they apparently make in secret. They make um, them in secret. They're not on the menu, but they make them. And um, according to you, they're good. They were so good. And they really made a Saturday afternoon for us, for sure. Uh, my friend Lauren brought over half a loaf of gluten-free sourdough bread that she'd made and some direct-to-consumer refrigerated coffee. Like, <laughs> just cute. Like, stuff that she's like, I kind of, we kind of got too much of this. Like, we sort of yeah. over-ordered, like, you know, those kinds of things. That's a nice um, thing to do because everybody's ordering things in bulk right now. And um, my grandma Shirley used to just, like, walk up and down her street with her Costco acquisitions and be like, does anybody need, like, a pound of strawberries? Um, I think it's a nice... Nice it's tradition really to nice. continue. Yeah. The the next thing on our list, we Thomas has been gardening and he's been uh growing seedlings. And we have too many like little seedlings at this point. So he came up with a very adorable idea last weekend that he made little like six packs of seedlings that mm-hmm. are uh, tomatoes, peppers, and artichokes, and he's calling it his antipasto platter. Cute. Uh, yeah. So those are going to find some homes over the next couple of weekends. Can artichokes grow in like a New York climate? Claire, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> you know, who am I to stop this? Oh, um, certainly, certainly not. I would never no tell one. you to stop it. You're <laughs> no, no one, one to do that. Um, <laughs> it's been a nice thing too for us to drop things off for people who've just had babies. Like, I mean, yes. which you, I, we would obviously be doing anyway, but it does feel like, okay, this is something I really like actually can do for them right now when I can do very little else. Like I can't hold the baby. That has felt like a nice thing to do. I also like that has given these weekend bike rides a little bit of a sense of a mission because mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I just haven't been feeling like going outside just to go outside so much, even if this is an errand that I'm making up for myself it has been nice to be like, here's where we're going. Like I understand what the end point is and here's what we're doing when we get there. Yeah. Are you doing a lot of crosswords right now? Yeah, I have been doing them on and off. You know, what's funny is I've like really been doing the easy ones. I've been doing the like Monday crosswords. I'm like, I can't handle the harder ones. I just need an easy win right now. (laughs) I'm not that much of a crossword person, but I was taken with the idea that the New Yorker now has a way to like do a crossword with a friend online. I love which that. Which they've dubbed partner mode, um, which is pretty cute. I should do that with my dad because he and I do crosswords together a lot. I should check that out. The other thing that I haven't done and my kid is probably a little bit too young for, but I noticed that a lot of people are like offering to read a book to their kids' friends, which I think is so nice and charming. Um, your friend Paige Instagrammed about this concept of a mystery reader, which I guess is a thing in schools in general where you're like, you don't surprise. I was very mis- surprised that I didn't know what this was. And I was like, how would I? <laughs> I didn't know what it was either, but I love the idea of being like, you don't know who's going to read you a book at story time today. And surprise, it's Aunt Erica on FaceTime reading you this book. And then my aunt has been um, like hanging out on FaceTime a lot with my niece. And in general, we've all been taking turns hanging out with my niece on FaceTime because she's five and just a lot for, you know, her parents both work. And as my (laughs) dad describes it, she grabs you by the lapels and doesn't let go. (laughs) (laughs) 
And so like, you really do need to just hang out with her on FaceTime to give her parents a bit of a reprieve sometimes. And it's felt like, I mean, I like her. I like hanging out with her, but it also feels like something nice I can do for my brother. Oh, that's really lovely. I think my favorite friend interaction over the last week was with my friend JJ, who we were going back and forth on text and just like updating, updating. And then he was like, hey, please pick Perfect Strangers, Seventh Heaven, Who's the Boss, or Growing Pains. I will sing you the theme song. Wow. What a gift. Um, I picked Growing Pains. And yes, love Growing Pains. I would have picked Seventh Heaven. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's a great choice too. I think there's no wrong answers. That's for sure. Um, and if Full House had been offered up, I think I would have picked Full Part House. Part of the reason I would have picked Seventh Heaven is because I know I can't think of it at all, but I know that the moment I heard it, I would have remembered it, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. Yesterday afternoon, I was delivered a recording of this song, like heartfelt, <laughs> emotional, with snapping. Wow. There was snapping. It was so good. And it just made my day. And I was like, wow, this this could... Re-. It's like for the real karaoke enthusiasts out there who are willing to sing a theme song acapella or any song acapella. It was, was a Was it a video um, or a voice memo? It. A voice memo. That, that is, that's the best of all of these options as, as a way. I think really it's good. just tremendous. It's really good. I think it's just tremendous. Loving, loving it. Um, well, this was wonderful. I do think that there are a lot of ways to keep in touch with your friends that aren't, you know, Zooming. Aren't yeah. zooming. Aren't zooming. Yeah. All right. That's All the right. show. This is Sandy in Seattle. First time caller, long time listener. I wrote in once about how I use Adobo and you read it and it pretty much made my life. Like my husband legitimately screamed when I played him the snippet. Um, anyway, I was listening to your episode about Instagram and Erica, I definitely understand what you mean about the feed and like, do you post to it? And what do you post to it? And does anyone care anymore? Um, but I thought I would share how I sort of framed Instagram in my life. And I actually, at the end of every year, right after New Year's, use Chatbook, which is an app that lets you print your Instagram feed to a photo book and you don't have to do anything. You just kind of select the photos, it prints one per page and it prints the caption underneath it. So you remember what on earth it's a photo of. And then um, they send you a lovely little book. So I have one for each year since weirdly the year we got married, which is when I started Instagram and they sit on a shelf and they're very aesthetically pleasing. And it's fun to go through them and be like, oh yeah, that happened this year. And it's a good way when I'm wondering, like, if I'm going to post something to Instagram, I'm like, do I want to remember this in the future? And like, would I want it in the book? And yeah, it's a good way to be like, Instagram is really for me, uh, not just to like show off to the internet, although there's definitely a showing off to the internet factor. So Anyway, just wanted to share. Love the show. Uh, and maybe I'll call again soon. We'll see. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcast at claireandericacom 